welcome. <laughs> to Screen Mania. My name is Dan. And I am once again, if you couldn't tell from the laugh you just heard, I am once again joined by my lovely pal Keith. Keith, how's it going? <laughs> it's, 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 I've malfunctioned. Uh, yeah. it's, it's good. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is, Keith, right? So, because obviously we do it on Skype now, yes. right? Skype, like, takes about, like, fucking three hours to actually start recording from when you press the record button. And it doesn't say, like, recording started like Zoom does, you know? <laughs> I'm starting to think we should just pay for fucking Zoom. <laughs> but then, I so I have to literally wait until it, you know, and until it comes up with the thing saying start recording started. So, yeah, you know, so I, I say down. I say I'm going to start recording, yeah. and then it doesn't actually start for about like ten seconds. <laughs> so I just have to sit there and wait for it to to start. <laughs> I looked so. down. It said stop stop recording. So that shows that it's recording. While well, you were silent, and I was just about to say to you. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck it, I, I was actually going to do the intro myself, and then <laughs> <laughs> you started talking, and that's what made me laugh yeah. so much. So I was just yeah. about to, yeah. Because it, it's gone. just, well, either it starts recording straight away, and the thing, message lies, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, it's, I, I guess I'll find out when I listen to it back. <laughs> There's, like, ten <laughs> seconds of silence before I actually start talking. But, um, so, but, so what we've yeah. got from that is Skype, you need to pay for... A yeah. robotic voice, please, to say yes. now recording or please. something like that. Please. Put it out there. <laughs> That'd be handy. And It'd still be very be handy. Like, <laughs> to know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this probably isn't very interesting for anyone listening to this. No. Podcast. It's hey, fine. Mate, they may have the same issues. They may do. They may do. It's true. Hobby-wise, work-wise, yeah, et cetera, it's true. et cetera. It's true. It's true. Right. Uh, we're going to talk about some, some fun TV shows today, Keith. We're going to talk a bit of Midnight Club, a bit of Lord of the Rings uh, a bit later. But we have got a couple of news things to talk about before we do. Uh, the first of it being is, according to The Hollywood Reporter, DC is at a turning point uh, with, you know, a, a few different uh, kind of things in the works by the sounds of it. Um, so, you know, the, the, the start of it is it looks like James Gunn is working on a new secret movie. Uh, Sources tell THR that Gunn and producer Peter Safran are in talks with Warner Brothers to direct for a mystery project, possibly more, not just the one, possibly more than one, uh, that Gunn would tackle. Uh, Safran is already with DC uh, for a while. He produced Shazam. Uh, and is producing the sequel and also produced Aquaman and that uh, movie's sequel as well. Um, But yeah, so while it isn't clear what hero or team's gun is targeting and the writer-director would focus on a second season of Peacemaker first, uh, the studio's eyes are very... Oh, that's a different thing. But yeah, so it's not clear which... um, who he's going to be kind of tackling next obviously he's doing season two of peacemaker uh the obvious one is suicide another the suicide squad um but maybe he won't want to do that maybe he'd rather you know focus on because he might want to do what he's done with peacemaker and focus on one of the characters from his suicide squad rather than do another suicide squad movie uh he may want to do you know like a a blood sport movie or a rat catcher 2 movie perhaps 
Uh, I'd be interested to see uh, both of those, you know, a movie yeah. about both of those, P- particularly Bloodsport. I think that would be quite a cool movie. I think that would lend it. I think Ratcatcher 2 almost feels like that should be another TV show rather than like mm. a bit like Peacemaker to me. Like, I feel like there's a lot more story to tell around that character, whereas Bloodsport feels much more like a you can get in, do a two hour movie, get out with that character. Like, I feel like that character got a lot of his backstory and things like that. You kind of know everything you need to know about that character from the Suicide Squad, right? So I feel like you could do just a much more fun action movie with that character than um, than a TV show, I think. But like, I feel like Ratcatcher 2, I feel like there's a lot more to that character you could dive into with a TV show, I think. But um, but yeah, exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see what whatever it is. Or it could, like I said, it could just be another The Suicide Squad. Um, but I think I like I, I, you know, I feel like that movie or I feel like the Suicide Squad is something I'd rather just see different directors come in and just tackle mm. like different directors. Yeah. Give it some new flavor. Like, I feel like that's like the Suicide Squad is quite a good movie for that. But Keith, what would you like to see? What DC project would you like to see uh, James Gunn tackle? Yeah, I, I think stick with what he knows best. Um maybe the characters as you said that he's built up within the his suicide squad movie then develop them more and i think you're right ratcatcher 2 works better as a tv series rather than uh, a standalone movie i don't think the character is strong enough to hold yeah. carry a whole movie but it could definitely carry a, uh, an entire tv series so yeah, yeah i think they kind of need to they need some strong kind of yeah, material we- within the tv series because Marvel are killing them in that sense. Yeah. At the moment. Although, I, don't know, Peace, but I will say, like, Peacemaker is better than almost every Marvel TV show. Yeah, though. yeah, 100%. So, go for, <laughs> if you're looking at quantity as well, like, yeah. expand on that. Like, you yeah, yeah. Peacekeeper was so good and worked really well and took a, a movie character that's been in a, an ensemble movie. Yeah. and then gave them their own tv series and it worked brilliantly yeah continue to do that that's what i kind of want to see dc going in they've yeah. obviously not got like the leader um kind of role that kevin feige is within dc but that worked for marvel at the start to have a synchronized vision and now it's kind of falling apart in the sense that none of their movies necessarily are yeah the ones being released lately are not that good because yeah. they keep the same formula and it's tied into tested that slightly changes about a movie that we're going to talk about later on which yeah, i'm very yeah. happy about yeah but um i think dc should leave it completely open expand go for matt reeves's batman in this direction yeah, yeah, yeah. keep ben yeah. affleck and stuff in here yeah we'll watch it we'll love exactly, it exactly we, yeah we're used to it from comics like yeah. we'll happily intake that yeah i've always felt like the way that dc competes with marvel is by not trying to do mm. the cohesive the one cohesive thing like do different things and different um have don't be afraid to have the multiverse like take advantage of that yeah rather yeah. than um rather than just focus on one single universe that that's what i think but um yeah also if, if they did like a rat catcher tv show just to circle back to that like that as well that character doesn't need a massive budget right no, no like you need no. one scene where there's tons of rats and that's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah um so, you know, I think that would work as a TV show quite well Definitely. in that respect as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, back to uh, some more of the DC announcements. Um, so, yeah, the, the studio's eyes are very much on Superman. 
uh, under Warner Brothers uh, Discovery CEO David Zaslev and Warner Brothers Pictures heads Michael DeLuca and Pam Ad- Abdi. Warner has an intense desire to reprise the Cavill iteration of the hero. Um, the project would uh, essentially be Man of Steel 2 uh, and is being produced by Charles Roven and is currently searching for writers. Uh, there is a wish list, of course, and Christopher Macquarie, the hand that guides the Mission Impossible movies, was on it. Macquarie worked with Cavill on the 2018 installment Fallout, uh, and so- but sources say no official outreach has been made, nor may it be feasible as the director is working on the next back-to-back Mission Impossible possible uh, installments uh johnson uh the rock you know uh dwayne yeah, the rock johnson, johnson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> has superman plans of his own and has been very vocal about his desire to make a black adam versus superman movie uh, i talked a little bit about that uh on the last episode um and uh, a desire he has only reiterated more frequently in the lead up to Black Adam's release. This comes as he talks uh, up a surprise cameo at the end of Black Adam. Uh, not really much of a surprise at this point, though, is it? Uh, because you've been talking about it non fucking stop. <laughs> Hardly a surprise, is it? Uh, <laughs> like, it, the article literally has surprise in quotes. Like. <laughs> Um, with the actor all but stating that Cavill will appear. Um, so, yeah. Uh, although it's worth pointing out that Superman and uh, as well as Cavill were not in the initial plans for Black Adam. Uh, the idea was hatched during a round of reshoots for the movie earlier this year, but the cameo was nixed by Walter Hamada because Walter Hamada apparently doesn't enjoy money uh, <laughs> uh the executive who for the last four years has tried hard to move dc beyond the era where one filmmaker in this case Zack snyder had an inordinate amount of influence and could command an entire slate for years Hamada had his own superman plans one of them being to introduce a black superman with a multi-decade pl- uh, spanning story by writer ta-nehesi coates um but yeah, so but obviously, uh, Hamada did not win that that, that debate uh, apparently because uh, you know it's all but you know it is confirmed because I've literally like I've seen the clip appear on Twitter that Henry Cavill is in Black Adam. Uh, so you know, and look, I I said it last week, and like this this is only more exciting to me that the idea that they're gonna want to do more superman movies with cavill um i've always felt like he deserved another movie another solo movie one which is actually his own solo movie and they don't try and force other dc characters into it um and yeah so i I, but i'm only interested in seeing a man of steel 2 if henry cavill is in it either that or just do a completely new superman don't call it man of steel 2 don't call it man like just make it a completely separate thing right but if it's going to be a man of steel sequel i'm only interested if cavill comes back but keith uh are you excited by the idea of them doing another superman movie particularly a man of steel 2 and what do you how do you feel about cavill uh returning for black adam and hopefully more dc movies 
I think I think we've said it many times on air that Man of Steel is one of our favorite DC movies, and yep. Henry Cavill as Superman is the correct choice. Um, I'd love to see him back. I'd love to see him in a red cape. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a Man of Steel two would be actually like just incredible, incredible. I'd love to see it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as would I. As would I. Very excited to uh, by the idea of. At Cavill returning as I've said before um, it's also uh, pretty much been confirmed that uh, Matt Reeves is moving forward with his uh, the Batman universe and that he's also wanting to do spin-offs uh, that feature the likes of Clayface uh, Scarecrow and also Professor Pig cheeky little uh, <laughs> deep cut there um, uh, but I think Professor Pig's probably one that works quite well for his The uh, Batman universe. Uh, so, you know, but um, yeah, obviously that's exciting as well. A little less surprising because that one's been in, sort of in the works for, for a minute. So, um, but it's still still exciting. Keith, what do you make of uh, Matt Reeves kind of getting to build out his own uh, slice of the DC universe as well? Yeah, I love his take on uh, Batman and um he's really good at doing all the other characters as well falcone penguin yeah like, absolutely fantastic so listen batman's just just has a, an absolute treasure trove of villains that he can play yeah. with and if matt reeves can continue to build on his own little universe that whole little yeah. batman universe then i'm more than happy to see it his tone his every like everything he just gets so right his characterization for me, he epiphanized like the comics perfectly, and he, yeah. he sits in the middle, as I said before, between Christopher Nolan, Tim Burton's Batman's. Like he sits directly in the middle, and you kind of get the both the best of both in that, and that's why I think it's such a hybrid movie that that it's so good how he deals and treats the characters that it's I think it, it can only grow uh, stronger. Yeah. In truth, I love. I'm. I'm going to be first in line to see all of them as well. Yeah, yeah. The desire for him to do a uh, Clayface as well is uh, exciting because it also, it basically means fantastical stuff can happen in his universe, which yes, is exciting yes. as well. Um, yeah. I've always kind of maintained that you know his like the Batman felt like something that whilst it felt grounded, it definitely. Did, I never once thought like oh, but that means that characters like clayface can't appear so that's yeah. very exciting uh true, to true. to hear as well um because also because clayface is one of those characters like clayface has to be fantastical right yeah you can of sort of maybe do mr freeze for example without it being too fantastical like you could mm. probably get away with it you know like oh he just chucks his victims into a freezer or something rather than like and that's why he's yeah, called mr yeah. freeze right but like yeah. and make it like grounded in that way but clayface you, you can't do clayface without it being a bit fantastical which is no uh, no so way. so yeah so that's uh that's pretty exciting uh and then the last part of it is uh one warner's insider has basically said that they are going to focus on uh on some of its a-listers a-list characters while planning and developing the wave beyond that a script for wonder woman 3 by patty jenkins is expected imminently and a script for a flash sequel uh has already been written uh by aquaman scribe 
David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. What a name. <laughs> Solid. Uh, so, yeah, um, which, you know, in, it, it, it does say here that's dependent on how well the Flash movie does as to whether or not that goes ahead. But the script is already written uh, already. So that's interesting as well uh not surprising that they're moving forward with a wonder woman 3 like wonder woman 1 is a great movie and one wonder woman 2 whilst not nearly as good <laughs> um is was most likely still very successful for them right so yeah um you know given it came out during a time where everyone was like, yeah, give me something to watch. We haven't had anything. In ages. <laughs> so, um, so kind of a no brainer that they would move forward with uh, Patty uh, Jenkins coming back yeah. on that one. Um, and also, I mean, pretty surprising. They've already got a sequel to The Flash written, but then The Flash has literally been in development for like 20 years. So they've had time to write a sequel, that, I guess. Um, but yeah, so obviously we'll see i mean i i said last week i still think there's no way that ezra miller is the flash beyond this next movie like no all right they've come back for um pickups but like they were always gonna i said last week they were always gonna be the one that came back for that because they're the flash in the movie (laughs) right so any reshoots that happen are gonna happen with them but like ultimately I don't think they're going to return as uh, the Flash post uh, this movie. I 100% think by the end of the movie, they will have been written out in exchange for another actor. But yeah, uh, Keith, what do you make of them already having a script for a sequel written and uh, also Patty Jenkins writing uh, Wonder Woman 3? Looking forward to Wonder Woman 3 because I think they'll realise the mistakes from Wonder Woman 2 and make a better movie from it because Wonder Woman Woman 1 was so strong and I genuinely loved it. So looking forward to that. Flash 2, like Flash movie and yeah, not so much. Not so We'll see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I like that I'm not looking forward to it because then I'm not going to be disappointed. True. True. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm being negative here, Dan. Maybe I'm being negative. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm being the negative Nelly. Nah, I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, the the buzz around the movie is that it is actually good. Mm. But, like, from people that have seen it, but, like, it always, I mean, a lot of the time it is. And then the movie ends up not actually being that good. So, until more people have seen it, I'm not going to get too excited. Until people I trust you know (laughs) reviewers i i trust have seen it i'm not gonna get too excited uh for it until then but you never know you never know it could be good i hope it's good but i hope it's good too you never you never know you never know um right moving on uh harrison ford has been cast as general uh thunderbolt ross uh in the mcu replacing the late william hurt um bold of them to get an actor older than William Hurt was uh, <laughs> to, to play this role but so Keith this to me absolutely confirms that Red Hulk is coming because there's no way or or that Thunderbolt Ross is dying in the movie right this is going to be in uh, Captain America New World Order um, and 
either that or he dies in the movie because there's no way Harrison Ford has signed on to do more than one MCU movie where he actually has to be in it. So therefore, <laughs> Red Hulk's coming is going to be a completely CGI character and Harrison Ford can just do the voiceover, which he can do from his house, right? And like, no, to be honest, he's probably already signed over the rights to for them to digitally recreate his voice. <laughs> so that he can get that sweet Disney money without even having to lift a finger. Like, yeah, yeah. Guarantee you, like, there are probably actors who are like hesitant to do it. Harrison Ford, he's well on board with. Guarantee you, he's well on board with having his like likeness and voice recreated digitally because he can just keep raking in the Disney money without ever having to be Han Solo again or like you know like he he could just sit back and be like yeah I'll just watch the paychecks come in and (laughs) not actually have to do anything um so yeah so therefore I have concluded that this means that Red Hulk is coming uh, probably going to be in the Thunderbolts that's probably going to be what like we said you know their team is very samey at the moment I reckon they're holding off and announcing that Red Hulk is also going to be in the Thunderbolts uh, and a character in there to sort of like spice up the uh, um, the ensemble a bit uh, there. But Keith, Harrison Ford coming in as uh, General Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU. What do you make of it? Surprising, surprising to go for someone so old. Um, so I, as you said, he must have signed over the voice and likeness already. Yeah. Just how much money does this man need as well? Like. I'm sure his grandkids are sorted now. Like, Probably. From Probably the great grandkids at this from point. Disney. Like, <laughs> surely. And then he's just gone, oh, Marvel, yeah, go on. Like, he, he wants, he wants a, a bite of every pie. <laughs> he's, he's, he's starving, I think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable, to be honest. I, yeah. I would have gone for someone else. But okay, look, Harrison Ford's a great actor. He's got great on-screen presence and stuff like that. But let's be fair. Yeah. He's he's going to be used CGI wise, isn't he? It's yeah. going to be Red Hulk. It's yeah. pretty plain to see. There's not going to be much, I'd say, Harrison Ford within yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah, I reckon I, he could even be the villain of yeah, yeah. Um, of of Captain America, mm. um, New World Order, and then like you know he'd be the villain of it, and then he gets recruited as you know for the Thunderbolts, like you know in a post credit scene as Red Hulk, right? Yeah um that's kind of maybe i think what you're I'm right it's gonna happen i Going reckon the name new world you know, order i think so yeah i mean i reckon he's gonna be like you know it's gonna be like a because in the mcu and i think maybe in the comics to some degree as well but like in the mcu definitely the hulk's origin is that they were trying to recreate the super soldier serum and it goes wrong and that creates the hulk yes i reckon same thing Thunderbolt yeah. Ross wants to, cre- you know, create and take the Super Soldier Serum because he's had enough. Because the, because uh, I think it's like been confirmed that the uh, Sokovia Accords have been um, repealed, which obviously he's ah. like a proponent of. Yeah. yeah so yes. I reckon, you know, maybe he goes a bit mad and tries to recreate the Super Soldier Serum, and that creates Red Hulk, perhaps. I agree. Okay. I think you're spot on. I've I've written the movie. Sorted. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Dan's payday? But yeah. So, but yeah. Look, I mean, I mean, he's obviously a great actor. Adding him to the, adding a great yeah. a great actor to the end to the MCU is always a good 
uh, a good shout. But and like I said, I think it just it more or less confirms Red Holt's coming because there's no way he wants to <laughs> keep showing up for 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 move. Like there's no way he's signed on to have to keep showing up and being on set for lo- loads of movies in a row. So yeah, yeah at most he's going to do some voice work. Yes. But even yeah. that, like I said, he's probably already signed that over. So. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and then finally last bit of news before we move on to uh talk about uh some tv and a little movie uh creed 3 has its first trailer um obviously michael b jordan's uh directorial debut also he's starring in it um along with uh jonathan majors is going to be playing his rival in this one um obviously tessa thompson returning as well um but yeah i think uh i think this trailer looked pretty good i think it looked very much in line with the other creed movies uh i don't think it seems out of step with either of them um jonathan majors is obviously great he's obviously going to be playing uh kang in uh in the mcu and like <laughs> i'm gonna, like the guy's fucking ripped like yeah like ant-man's gonna get fucking squashed by it <laughs> <laughs> If he's uh, if he's in that super shape as Kang as well, like, yeah. there's no fucking way. But like I like the uh, the, the approach they're taking to this one, where um, making it someone that's got a personal story with Adonis. Yes, I think that's yes. uh, you know, I think that's a very good like um, way way into it. Um, yeah. I think they're sort of going a little bit of the like Rocky Three route as well, where Adonis has sort of taken a bit of a step back. He's a bit l- less in shape um, yeah. and. You know he's hesitant to sort of fight um uh you know fight fight jonathan major's character but i think that you know uh obviously in the end he keeps get he keeps beating up everyone <laughs> and adonis is like oh i've got to step in and then you know um so i don't know if this movie is going to be unpredictable but but then rocky movies aren't you know yeah like yeah. The, these movies have never been unpredictable movies they've always no. been pretty like predictable so that's not really a problem but i think it looks really good like i said looks in keeping with the other um with the other creed movies so i think it as a first trailer i really enjoyed it looking forward to the movie keith what did you make of uh this first trailer for creed 3 looks solid looks really good um i like the feel of it i like uh how it's looking I like, as you said, the kind of story dynamic. It's like textbook Rocky, isn't it? Um, yeah. Listen, I just want to see a very camp Rocky movie in the sense yeah. that I want over the top Americanism. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to see bulging biceps when they like shake hands and shit. Yeah. Like, I yeah. want to see sweat <laughs> bouncing off. Them. I want to see training <laughs> montages. Yes. I want to see the works. I want to see everyone get pumped up for Apollo Creed. Like, yeah. 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 Oh. yeah agreed agreed um yeah no i think i think it looks good looking forward to it um definitely gonna be seeing that when it comes out keith before we do move on to the tv i do just have to ask you a very important question because you weren't uh, able to be on last week um what did you make of the super mario trailer uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh that is a weird one i'm telling you <laughs> 
like I said on the last episode, I thought it was good for like the first minute and a half. Yes. I, I thought the stuff between Bowser and the Penguins was like, yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. I genuinely like laughed out loud at that. Yeah, yeah. Like with a, with a, well, you will feel our fury. I loved it. But then like, uh, like I said, Chris Pratt just yeah, comes in so and he odd. sounds like he's reading the lines for the first time. Yes, yeah, it really does. It seems I don't know if that's been edited in that way. Like, yeah, it seems odd. It just seems odd. It looks great. Like, it looks pretty cool. It's funny. I think it's yeah. going to be a really funny movie as well. I yeah, think it's yeah, going to yeah. be an actual decent movie. I my issue with it is if Chris Pratt takes us out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That, I agree. I think it'll be a decent yeah. funny movie. Yeah. Mushroom City, here we come. <laughs> that was a bit more John Lovitz, really. Yeah, <laughs> that was. That was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Right, Keith, shall we move on to some TV? First of all, I just want to know, because uh, I, I spoke a bit about it a bit last week, but I want to know, what did you make of Werewolf by Night? Yes. Yes. <laughs> did you forget that people in... couldn't see you when you were nodding a lot? Yeah, then? I did slightly. Uh, <laughs> For the people listening, I was nodding uh, aggressively. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love, listen, I fucking loved it. I thought yeah. it was amazing. I was yeah, really yeah. fucking surprised by yeah. this. How many times can I swear? Um, yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Like, it's such like a, a, a nostalgic movie in the sense yeah. like it's proper B-movie, monster movie type thing, which I absolutely love and adore. Um, a yeah. throwback to the 1930s movies. Um, the old school mummies dracula etc really absolutely enjoyed it characters were absolutely fantastic i loved how they filmed it um to make it look like it was on film and not digital yeah, yeah, yeah. um which was really cool the score was great um which the director composed himself i believe yeah. yeah yeah um but no this is this was just so good and it goes to show when marvel gives like a director and a creator like complete free license yeah gold can be made and i love i'm hoping this paves the way for so many other kind of yeah experiments in a sense to kind of go forward and people to flex their wings their creative wings and do it that way but i fucking thought it was awesome dan what about you yeah no i loved it I, i i loved it as well um i thought great introduction for the character mm. i hope we see more of uh of jack jack russell yes. um yes. and and man thing as well yeah uh yeah. Or i'll call him ted yeah call yeah, ted. yeah just be respectful call him ted. <laughs> uh, but like i thought that was also like some of the best cgi that like we've seen from marvel in a minute yeah like yeah. it looked like man thing looked great i thought um 100%. you know like particularly when at the end when the color came in like yes i thought like look looked great um so yeah I'm, I'm hoping that we get to see these characters uh, a little bit more i'm hoping this isn't a one-off and then we don't see him again i'd love to see um like this is definitely a universe that like sort of moon knight and doctor strange could play in as well so i or you know those characters could definitely come into a doctor strange movie so i, th- yeah. I to be honest like i enjoyed moon knight the tv show well enough I think it should have been one of these like special presentations, like an hour long, like hour long introduction to the character. I think that would have worked much better than um, 
than the TV show, which I, I enjoyed enough, but like I didn't think it was like amazing, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I hope that Marvel do more of these special presentations. And like I said last week as well, I want Star Wars to start doing these as well. Like mm. I think that would be great. I think you could definitely tell like a concise sort of like fifty minute to an hour Star Wars story at some point. Something really good with that. I think I think that would be something really good for uh if they did want to do more stuff with alden ehrenreich playing han solo yes yeah yeah especially now that we've had the two-hour movie where we like know who he is and stuff do like a a a one-off 50 minute little adventure with him and chewie maybe maybe donald glover as lando comes back as well but um but yeah i i i loved it i thought it was great want to see more more stuff like this um yeah good stuff good stuff um moving on to the midnight club uh mike flanagan's new latest netflix show um we obviously in in these parts with big mike flanagan fans um you say flans flans we're flans yes that's what that's what what his fan base calls themselves the flans flana fans uh but yeah no big big fans in uh in this part um in these parts of mike flanagan um it's obviously based off of a book by the same name uh and uh basically it's uh set in a manor house uh which is a hospice for uh young cancer patients uh sort of go and kind of live out the the you know sort of the end of their lives on their own terms a little bit um and we sort of follow this main character of alonka who um obviously gets diagnosed with cancer she's meant to be going off to stanford a year early like she's you know kind of uh fast-tracked graduating a year earlier than she should from high school and going to stanford and then she gets diagnosed with cancer um she starts obviously doing research into um possible ways in which she can survive this and she comes across uh, a story about a lady named uh what was her name jessica um jessica something uh <laughs> but um who had the same type of cancer as her and went to this uh hospice and survived um she then so she decides she wants to go to this hospice under the guise to her father that she's going to uh she just wants to kind of pass on her own terms but really she's going to try and investigate and get um you know try and figure out how she's going to survive her cancer and get rid of her cancer um obviously being a mike flanagan show as well some spooky stuff uh starts to occur uh there's uh, a few ghosts around here and there maybe a shadow monster you know death is coming for a occult stuff is also happening witchcraft all that good stuff um so keith i guess before we get into some kind of details about the show like did you enjoy it what did you think yeah i did i did um i have to say i probably didn't enjoy it as much as previous shows yeah um but only I feel the same. slightly different like not yeah. too much of a variation from I feel how the same. much i enjoyed them yeah but, i feel, I feel yeah. the same but like 
saying that this is my least favorite of Mike Flanagan's Netflix shows is like not me saying that like, I think it's bad. He's just he, his other shows are just that good. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Yeah. My least favorite of these four shows is still a real like I really really enjoyed the show. Do you know what I mean? So yes. like yeah. Um, yeah. What I really like what I did really like about this is obviously so the Midnight Club they meet at, at midnight funnily enough and they tell each other uh, scary stories um so what i really liked about it was like you kind of got like mini you know mini scary stories inside of this one overarching scary story which yeah. i did enjoy um i loved the fact that like all the stories sort of reflected their kind of lives and what they were going through a little bit as well um I thought particularly, um, what was it the uh, particularly uh, uh, Nasuki? Nas, Nasuki? Um, her, I thought her story was particularly powerful, um, yeah. where she kind of survived her sort of um, her Natsuki. suicide attempt. Yeah, Nasuki. Um, yeah. Just to kind of discover that she was dying anyway, like yeah. that was. Uh, but I thought that was really well, like just, just a really like good kind of story powerful story um obviously henry um what's his name uh it's henry something um but he returned uh for it um henry thomas returned for that story which i thought was great obviously there's uh no uh no shortage of um mike flanagan favorites in it zach yeah. guilford was obviously back uh uh, Samantha Sloyan as well. She obviously was in there as uh, the older Julia Jane. That's yep. that's her name, Julia Jane. But we know her Shasta for a lot of the show. Um, but uh, like to be honest, I pretty quickly we we pretty quickly were like she's obviously she's the she's Julia Jane, right? Like yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That, that's who she is. But um, but yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was great. Um, Igby Rigney, which is an interesting name, Ig Igby Rigney uh rigney and um uh what's her name um iman benson yeah uh no uh anara um simone who played uh sandra they were both from the midnight mass as well from midnight mass yes uh they both returned from that which i thought was great um ruth cod who played anya oh i thought she was great and this is her first acting role what yeah so she's like a tiktoker who does no. like beauty tiktok and stuff like that um Stop it. yeah and like this is her first ever acting role apparently and she fucking smashed it oh my god she's like, incredible. She, was, she was so good um as anya thought she was great um yeah i loved her i i kind of i loved how like her story sort of wrapped up with the um the ballet kind of uh the ballet statue being fixed sort of as a sign that there is something from beyond um i think the other thing that sort of like maybe affected my enjoyment of this a little bit and made me enjoy it a little bit less is like mike flanagan not being somebody who does multiple seasons of his tv show when the show ended and it's obviously setting up for a season two that was like i just wasn't expecting that because mike flanagan Uh, hasn't done that before so i think that's what kind of like i sort of thought like this you know like a lot of other mike flanagan things it's just gonna be a one and done and then like it ended and i was like i have so many questions yeah <laughs> and like obviously you know i 
you know a lot of the time you have a lot of questions at the end of a mike flanagan show but this was different in the sense of like not in a you know like oh it could be this it could be like this is literally just like a oh this just isn't like explained because there's gonna be a season two hopefully so um which obviously so the scary stories they were telling each other um i think most if not all of them are like based on other stories from the same from the author of the midnight club christopher pike so i think so i think this the you know so i think a lot of like his other the the other stories being told are like from his like uh repertoire of books right and stories like so you know it's kind of like not just the midnight club the book that's being adapted but like his work in general is kind of being adapted for this yeah uh, for this show, which I think is cool as well, yeah, I think definitely. that's good. Um, were there any other of the stories that you that you enjoyed, particularly enjoyed, Keith, that you thought were good? Um, I think you pulled out most of them there, but um, I generally like. I think all the characters in there were really good. I enjoyed yeah. most of their stories. I thought they were really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the the fact that they were such a young cast, but they were so strong at the same time. Um, yeah. And the chemistry between them was great as well, which I really enjoyed. Um, I yeah. really enjoyed him and Benson. Um, I still can't get over the fact that Riff got like yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, man, Benson. She was obviously great. I mean, she's kind of our main character, so yes, she kind of yeah. and you know she was really great. I really enjoyed her. Um, William Chris Sumter, who played Spencer as well, yeah, he was yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was fine. I mean, they're all great. Like, I, I can't really fault any of their. Um, any of their performances really uh love seeing raul coley playing sort of the um adult version of amesh yeah yeah. in his story if you know what i mean i thought that was great um so a big fan of raul coley as well so it was good to see him back um but yeah I i thought they all did a really really great job um Heather Lang Langenkamp, <laughs> uh, who played Doctor Stanton, uh, I thought she was yeah, great. So yeah. obviously, it's revealed at the end that she has the Paragon tattoo on the back mm-hmm. of her neck, and that she she's bald. So obviously, well, the assump- my assumption is that she's um, survived some sort of cancer. Yes. Yeah. My current theory is that she is Athena the daughter of like the um the paragon late uh i can't remember her name but like the the paragon kind of like head of the paragon who kind of disappeared because obviously julie the young julia jane goes to visit her yes. and she says she hasn't seen her daughter athena in a very long time my theory she's she's athena uh, that's a good and she's shot. uh and um you know she because obviously look she knew about the house well she she presumably she knows about the house even though she pretends not to she knows about the paragon she knows about julia jane despite her being a bit like oh i don't really know about that so she's obviously Mm. playing coy about something for a reason about it all for a reason yes i think it's because of that and uh yeah I, i think it's great um i also so i what i really kind of another theory i have right is that so the the we're led to believe in the show that the ritual that they tried to try and cure Anya doesn't work for Anya, but it works for Sandra instead. Yes. Right? I, 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 I'm calling bullshit. I think it's genuinely that she, um, like, either she was misdiagnosed or something like that. I think that's true. 
and that the ritual didn't work for her because they didn't do like you know like blood, proper blood sacrifices yeah, right no, and that's why it didn't work right. because older julia jane or shasta she's convinced that it's going to work for her the person they're trying it for right yeah. what's the difference they do actual they, they were planning to do actual she was planning i don't know if they all were planning it but she was planning <laughs> actual human sacrifice rather than yeah. just some having something that means a lot to them there mm, mm. and she seems convinced it's going to work for her and not just accidentally work for someone else because yeah. she knew she told them to do the ritual wrong right. so i think it's a red herring i think sandra genuinely had like a misdiagnosis or something like that that's like, a good shout yeah um i or think so into remission yeah yeah i i that's why i think also like one day samantha sloan is gonna play an actual nice character <laughs> in a mike flanagan show and no one's gonna believe it yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be like no there's no way but um yeah uh, she'll have to give a performance pretty damn good yeah you know? she will <laughs> convince us but um but yeah i think um that that's that's my theory for for sandra yeah and, and that's that. good theory. the the ghosts of the old man and woman mm. i'm going on the assumption that those are the two people that built the house yeah yeah they're, they're ghosts i'm guessing so do you do you think they're possessing um Alonka and Kevin. It's possible. It's possible. I think I think that they're possessing them. Yeah. But I think again they're throwing a red herring our way. Okay. I think that because they so. Kevin says he's only ever seen the man, and Alonka says she's only ever seen. Well, no, not that they've only seen it, but they mainly see the man. Yes. Or they mainly yes. Seen him, right. Yeah. I think that's leading us to believe that that you know we're meant to believe that kevin's being possessed by the man and along yeah. being possessed by the woman i think it's flipped because oh. the only time and correct me if i believe the only time alonka ever sees the the man is in the mirror yes yes first yes. time she sees it You're definitely right. in the mirror. and i'm 100%. pretty sure every time that he see, she sees the man it's in the mirror yes and that yes. so that's why they you know she, and she can the see the um, that's why she can see the woman. Yeah, because she she's does. Yeah, and it's not a mirror. By the man. Yeah, it's and never in a mirror. And vice versa. So presumably, whenever it's Kevin sees the woman, he sees her in, uh, you know, in a reflective like surface or a mirror or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's because he's being possessed by her, not the other way around. So that's my theory for that one. Um, yeah, I think you might so, be spot on with that one. Uh, but yeah, I think so. I think they're trying to like red herring us. Mm. But no, right. I've, I've 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 cracked it. I think so. <laughs> I think you have. Yeah. But um, yeah, overall, re I did really enjoy the show, but just not as much as I've enjoyed previous Mike Flanagan shows. Yeah, but crazy. again, me saying it's my least favorite of all Mike Flanagan shows is like, <laughs> you know, that's like me saying, well, I like this pizza a bit less than that pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's still pizza. <laughs> I like pretty much all pizzas, so, <laughs> you know, unless it's a Hawaiian pizza, <laughs> which I also like. 
There's something about it. Okay, Dan, there's something about it. All right, the sweet, the savory, it's a perfect... One day, one day, Mike Flanagan's going to make his Hawaiian pizza show. <laughs> We're going to like it, and I'm not. <laughs> but I'm going to be like... One I mean, day. Still, I'm going to be like, it is still pizza, but like... Uh. <laughs> but he threw pineapples in there. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, overall, enjoyed the show. Looking forward to a season two, assuming yeah, Netflix yeah. greenlights it, which they will. They seem to be just letting Mike Flanagan do whatever he wants at this point. So don't blame him. Um, Cash cow. Um, I'm hoping they do do a season two, um, which you know, because I have so many questions, Keith. I <laughs> I, I need to know answers. if my theories are correct. <laughs> so do I. Um, no. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Because you have all these theories, and like normally in a Mike Flanagan thing, your like theory will either be proven or not by the end of it. Not this time, though. <laughs> Very true. So, Very true. but yeah, I mean, look, it's left me wanting more, which is yeah. a sign of a good show. So, he's <laughs> no, you're right, you're right, right. Um, so yeah, Midnight Club, check it out. We both enjoyed it. Um, yes, yep. we did. And then the okay. second show we're going to talk about, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Rings of Power. Um, so I like binged the majority of this show, Keith. Um, I think I like, I you know, I, I was away for a few weekends, so couldn't watch it and fell behind. And then I was like, well, there's only like three episodes left. I might just wait until it's all out and then just binge the whole thing. I think I enjoyed it much more as a binge than I would have done if I'd watched it week to week because it's one of those shows that has like so many confusing names that I think if I'd done it week to week, I'd have been like, wait, who's Glom Gidagon again? <laughs> <laughs> was he a Harfoot or was he a, an elf? I can't remember. Like, um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it, I think, more watching it as a binge. I thought the second half of the season was much stronger than the first half. Yeah. Um, I I thought the finale was really good. I genuinely thought the finale was really good. I thought episode six with like the battle uh, was really good as well. Um, I thought that the acting was generally pretty good. I really enjoyed that. Um, And obviously it looks like the most expensive show of all time. It does. Um, It looks beautiful a lot of the time. Uh, But... And I think, for me, I think there's a lot of potential for season two. I don't know if all that potential was realised in the first season, but I do think there's a lot of potential for a second season. But Keith, what did you make of uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power? Second half was definitely better than the first half, like 100%. Visually fantastic. Visually stunning. There's something that I cannot put my finger on that separates me from it. Separates me in the fact that I'm not falling in love with it the way I fell in love with Lord of the Rings. There could be many aspects and many angles to that. It could be that Lord of the Rings was the first time me coming into it. Yeah. But I just felt like... Yeah. There's no real relationship in the Rings of Power between the visuals... Yeah and the score for me sure okay i don't there's lord of the rings had it put like the score yeah. in lord of the rings is still played today mm. by orchestras and stuff like that they all do live shows with the show into the movie and stuff like that it's stunning it's amazing the, like the, 
just everything is absolutely fantastic. The composing is yeah. amazing, right? Fits the story perfectly, fits the scenes perfectly. This does not have that. Maybe that's why I've not yeah. felt. So I yeah, watched yeah, yeah. it week to week as well, and I, maybe you're right in the fact that yeah. you're saying it doesn't necessarily work as well that way. And I think yeah. you're right. It took me out a lot from yeah. the story. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I do think as well, as good as it looked, I don't know if it looks tangible the yeah. way that like the Lord of the Rings movies look tangible, which yeah. is a problem that I think the Hobbit movies also have. That 100%. Things, you know, things don't look nearly as tangible as they look yeah. in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, so I do think that that's a part of it as well. Maybe that's why there's a bit of a disconnect. Um, like I said, I did think most of the acting was all really good. Um, I I personally quite enjoyed Morphic Clark as Galadriel. Yeah, yeah, Galadriel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she did a good job. Um, I enjoyed uh, Elrond and Durin's relationship. Yes, uh, their friendship. Yes, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, Charlie Vickers didn't see as uh, Halbrand or spoilers Sauron didn't mm. see that coming uh, obviously either. they tried to they tried to lead us down the the, the road of um, the stranger being Sauron uh, but obviously it gets proven not he's he's probably Gandalf right I would look I'm going on record right now Dan it is Gandalf 100% yeah. I mean he Ista. says uh, Gandalf was an Istar yeah um, which is basically wizard uh, yeah means wizard yeah but he was the only one who knew about the hobbits in Radagast yeah. in yeah. out of Saruman. He was the only one. Yeah. Who knew. There was two other wizards as well. Yeah. There was two. Yeah. Other, I can't remember their names. They're just. But, two, I, but yeah, I think we know the them. We only really know them as the the two blues from yes. like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Anyway, I think. Correct. But um. But yeah, I think like. He also literally says like a, a, a line that Gandalf says in Fellowship of the Ring, which is like always follow your nose, like when yeah, in doubt always yeah, follow your nose. Yeah. Which is so that's kind of the other thing is like this is meant to be its own like thing, but then like they do a lot of referencing of the movies. Yeah, they do. Which is a bit like, uh, but so is it? Is it <laughs> like, is this meant to be its own thing, or are you trying to play it as it will lead into the movie? Like. I don't know. Like it, it gets a bit like confusing in in. I think um, they say, listen, it's, it's its own thing, in case they mess up on references. That's why. Yes. I think yeah, they yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. is clearly but a also like, like. Yeah. That leads into it 100%. Yeah. But also like, because like, there's there's a lot of people are like, oh well, this isn't accurate to what Tolkien said. Yeah. Guess what? I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Neither uh, is the Lord of the Rings, the the movies. They're not super, like totally accurate to the Lord of the Rings books. And guess what? They're much better. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have I've read Lord of the Rings. Eighty hours of a movie. <laughs> exactly. Like... <laughs> I've read Lord of the Rings. The movies are better. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but yeah, so I, I I don't really mind about that and them changing things up from that. Like I'm not a hardcore Tolkien fan reader so it really doesn't like bother me if they're going to change things up from that that's fine for me personally um as long as you're making a good thing which again in the second half of the season i thought they were making a good thing in the first half i was a bit like eh whatever you know yeah, so yeah. uh but again i do think it helped that i binged like 
episodes four through to eight so um which definitely helped my enjoyment of it as well did you watch it week to week or did you binge it keith week to week so that's why i think i was disconnected from it for a long time because of that yeah um yeah the other thing that i think it lacks in a sense it doesn't do too well is the mythological side of it i don't Mm. think it pays it too much respect it's it's not handled in a great way i'd like it more kind of poetry wise but that's kind of me in the sense that like i want it to be romantic towards the mythology Yeah, yeah yeah sure i get that um yeah uh i've obviously by the end of it we see the ring three of the rings of power yes get, uh, get created the ones of the elves um which uh i thought was you know uh, I, again i don't know if that's the actual explanation for how they those rings came to be but like i thought it made sense how they how they did it um i liked that sauron was kind of like trying to manipulate them and, and yeah things like that. yeah yeah um again i didn't see it being halbrand coming I genuinely thought Neither he was. Did I, I yeah. thought he. I they 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 hoodwinked me. I thought he was an Aragorn type character, reluctant so king, and you know that he was going to be a good guy. And um, no, he was not. So, you know, um, I've seen a lot of people also be like, I can't believe they're trying to make like Sauron and, and Galadriel a, a, a couple and a romance. It's like, watch the show. And you'll know that doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. I saw someone like the the, hey, the shot of them in like the ocean, reflected in the ocean, as like where he's like reflected as like Sauron. I thought that was a cool shot. That I really, really, I really cool enjoyed shot, that. Yeah. Um, I love the but, changing of the sky behind him because when he's yes, talking yeah. about the light, it's light, and then all of a sudden when he starts talking about power, it clouds over and it yeah, gets dark yeah. and stuff. Subtle things like that, amazing. But also yeah. on Galadriel within the fellowship of the ring when frodo offers her said ring she does that thing that makes yeah. me shit myself completely yeah she's yeah, like yeah, yeah. i could be a terrible queen and like yeah. goes all crazy with power and yeah obviously she overcomes that like yeah stumble block. but yeah it's yeah and like i think that i think that was the point of this is trying to hint at the fact that that, that darkness is within galadriel not that she would not that she is going to align herself with Sauron or is going to have a, a romance with that character but just that there is like that darkness that could be manipulated within her right yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. all this is meant to indicate I do hope that going forward we now get to lean into her being more of like a, becoming an elven sorceress rather than like I think she's really cool as a warrior I thought all of her action scenes were all really cool uh, I don't give a fuck that, that I mean A the that scene where she like does the crazy like backwards thing on the horse like a that's cool as fuck b that is a stump person doing it so people are like oh <laughs> she's defying the laws of physics pretty sure there's literally a stump person doing that yes i could be wrong pretty sure there's a stump person doing it therefore it is physically possible yeah. so why are you losing your shit about it yeah. like again have they not watched um, the hobbit yeah <laughs> go, with like, Legolas. going going back to fucking yeah, like what we talked about the first episode. Like, you don't have a problem when Legolas does it. Why yeah. is it a problem when Galadriel does it? Like, you know, yeah. Like, elves do ridiculous shit. They what do. they do in these these things in, in Lord of the Rings. So, it's fine. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, I think there's a lot of potential for season two. 
whether or not it will live up to it different story i'm hopeful yeah. that it will i'm definitely yeah. and like i'm interested enough to give season two a go yes. but i'm not so, i didn't enjoy this so much that i'm going to like commit to a whole season if i'm not enjoying the next one yeah, right so that's kind of where i'm at at the moment like i'm definitely gonna give season two a shot but if it's if it doesn't hook me really quickly then i'm, I'm not gonna hesitate to drop out of season two yeah yeah 100%. that's kind of where i'm at with it based off of season one so yeah. or i'll wait for the whole thing to be out and binge the whole thing again and maybe i'll enjoy it a bit more that way who knows but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely yeah. gonna try that route next but yeah. time but yeah of 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 the two shows that we've talked about definitely enjoyed midnight club a lot more than i enjoyed yeah, Lord yeah. Of the rings overall but hey it's fine we'll 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 see what happens for season two of both of those shows <laughs> yeah definitely yeah the ne- next week keith house of the dragon finale yes yes can't fucking wait for that no it's uh, gonna be that, meaty. Show's been, that show's been fucking great like better than i ever expected it to be to be yeah, perfectly honest yeah, like definitely. i don't know if it was a combination of just being like ah oh, it's a prequel and also like the end of game of thrones souring me a bit but like i had no expectation that this show would be as good as it has been it's, it's been great so i'm very excited uh to watch the finale and talk about that next week so yeah also should we talk about some Halloween movies next week as well? Some scary movies? Yes. That we've seen? Yeah. Let's get so, right. Should we yeah. just talk about fucking episode one of Midnight Club for fuck's sake? Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. All the jump scares. Like, fucking hell. No, no surprise <laughs> that Mike Flanagan now has the award, the yeah. you know, Guinness record of <laughs> most jump scares in a single episode. Good for him. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> well deserved. Definitely you know same person after that well deserved after all that by that sheer quantity of yeah. <laughs> just one after the other bam bam yeah. bam, bam, bam yeah uh anything else you want to talk about keith before yeah, we head uh, off i think that's it looking forward to next week's episode yep same here right well you can follow us on twitter and instagram at screen mania pod let us know what did you think of midnight club what did you think of uh lord of rings rings of power werewolf by night all that other good stuff what do you think of the dc turning point is it going to be a turning point or are we just going to see same old dc (laughs) after this who knows uh i've been dan we love you guys we'll see you on the next one bye bye